Amen. You know, I love listening to people's faith stories. I have never heard the same story twice. Isn't that interesting? You know, God is in the business of changing lives. That's one of the things I love about listening to people share their faith story. It's one of the things I love about baptisms. You know, God is in the business of starting things anew. And if you have a faith story that you'd like to share, uh, maybe a story of where God has been at work in your life, maybe a change that your relationship with Christ has done in your life, I uh, would love the opportunity to, uh, to talk with you. Each week at Springbrook, we're going to be sharing stories of life change because we want to celebrate the fact that God is faithful, that God is changing lives, that God is making all things new. And it's something that we want to celebrate. My name is Richard. I'm the lead pastor of Springbrook. And if this is your first time with us online, uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, one of the things that I'm pretty notorious for at Springbrook is that every time I'm talking to somebody about a Bible verse, I say, oh, that's my favorite verse. I've got so many favorite verses. In fact, I think all of my verses are the favorite. These are all my favorite verse. I absolutely love the Bible. Uh, but there is a favorite verse that I have, <laughs> in all seriousness. Psalm 90.10 is a verse that uh, is one of my favorites. Psalm 90.10 encourages us to number our days. Number our days so that we might gain wisdom. You know, I celebrated uh, my birthday uh, this past month. And so as of today, I have 21,210 days that have passed. And so out of 29,000, I've got about 8,000 days left. And so I number my days occasionally. It helps me to remember that this life is temporary, that God has a plan and a purpose for me, and I need to live wisely as I think about the days that God has given me. As I reflect back on this past year, one of the things that I've come to realize is that just since we've been in quarantine, one half of a percent of my life has passed. And uh, I haven't seen some of you in, in almost one percent of my life. And so, and if I don't see anybody to the beginning of the year, for those that are waiting until the return, if I don't see somebody until next year, uh, almost one percent of my life will have passed before I was able to see someone as part of our family. You know, those are the kind of things that kind of break my heart because I like to be around people. But at the same time, I know God is faithful, that God does have a plan for us. At the beginning of March, it was our last in-person service. We're doing a soft open on July 12th uh, with two services, and then we're going to return in August, Lord willing. But, you know, if I haven't seen some of you since August, you know, it's a half a percent of my life or one percent next year. You know, but one of the things that I've been encouraged by is though even though we are not meeting in person, our relationships have grown stronger. Our ministry has actually grown stronger. Our office has been open. We have been ministering to the people that have needs in our church family, in our community. Our staff has been working diligently. I am so proud of our small groups. I can't even begin to tell you how proud I am of them. They have been meeting on a routine basis. In some cases, our small groups are actually meeting more frequently than they were before the break. You know, our small groups are strong. Our ministry is just doing some amazing things as we minister to the community through blood drives and through, through helping people in need that we hear about uh, from many of you. You know, our 2020 quarantine might seem like a lot, uh, but it is nothing compared to the exile that the Israelites experience from our passage that we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at uh, the book of Zechariah uh, for the next several weeks. And then we're going to look at the book of Haggai uh, as we move into the back half of the summer. Uh, but these are later prophets. Um, they are in the last books of the Old Testament. And God is speaking to them as they return to rebuild the temple before God would be silent for 400 years. 
You know, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to encourage you to get that out with me. We're going to be looking at the book of Zechariah. And so you can just open up your Bible and then probably three quarters of the way to your right, just open that up. And if you're in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you're too far. So you're in the New Testament. So back up. Uh, Zechariah and uh, Haggai are one of the last uh, three uh, Bibles in the Old Testament. So we're going to look at Zechariah first. If you get to Haggai, you've gone too far. Uh, but while you're turning there and trying to find Zechariah, because I want to look at that with you this morning, I, I want to bring you up to speed on some history. You see, when God led his people out of slavery in Egypt in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 13, it says, after he led them out of slavery, he went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them uh, by the day. And at night, that pillar had fire in it to give them light. He led them by a cloud by the day with a fire in it by night uh, so that they might travel by day or night. God's presence manifested itself in this cloud. And that's where God's presence was as he led the people out of Egypt towards what he would have for them in the promised land. Now we would know it some, soon along the lines they would mess that up and they would fall into sin and they'd have to go into exile uh, for 40 years. But as we move through Exodus, one of the things that we find in Exodus chapter 25 is Moses would be prepared uh, to, uh, to build a sanctuary. And God would tell him, I want you to build a sanctuary for me. I want you to build a tabernacle. And that's going to serve as my mobile dwelling place. And so God's presence went from being in the cloud to being in this mobile sanctuary, this mobile, mobile tabernacle. And it would be around 970 BC before Solomon would build the temple in Jerusalem, which would become the permanent dwelling place of everything that God would have. His presence would manifest itself in this new temple that Solomon would build. After the temple was built, everything is going well for the most part. Uh, Sin and disobedience of God's people would result in a split uh, in the kingdoms. And so uh, Israel would be divided. We'd see the northern kingdom up in Israel. We see the southern kingdom down in Judah. And so we see this split uh, between the, in the countries and between God's people. And further sin and disobedience would result in the northern kingdom of Israel being destroyed by the Assyrians in uh, 721 BC. And so they would be taken into captivity Uh, Further disobedience on the south would result in the kingdom of Judah and the temple that was built in Jerusalem being destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 BC. Uh, God's people would be scattered. They'd be in captivity for almost 70 years. And it wouldn't be until King Sirius would come in and capture Babylon. He did that in the year of 539 BC. And he would begin the Persian Empire. King Sirius would fulfill a prophecy to bring the Israelites back to their land. He would bring their people back to their land. They would rebuild the temple and the walls. And we see this in the prophets uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. Both of those prophets are writing during the time when people get to come back from being scattered and they get to begin to rebuild the wall and the temple. And this is all going to happen in around 538 B.C., Now, I've just caught you up with about a thousand years of history. Isn't that great? That's a thousand years of Bible history leading leading us up to the passage that we're going to be looking at in Zechariah this morning. You see, it would be 18 years later that we find Zechariah and Haggai uh, in this land, and they would arrive to continue to support and encourage the people in their work. In Ezra, in chapter 5, we see that Ezra writes this in chapter 5, beginning of verse 1, the prophets, Haggai, And Zechariah, the son of Edu, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God of Israel who was over them. 
Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatel, and Jeshua, the sons of Joadak, arose and began to build the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, and they were supporting them. And so Ezra records the fact that um, Zechariah and Haggai have been called to be prophets among the people that have come back from the exile to rebuild this temple. And that's where we find our story picked up today in Zechariah uh, chapter 1. It was around 537 BC that the first group of Jews would return to do the work and they'd be, begin rebuilding the wall and the, and the temple. And just when things would seem to be going well, there was infighting, there was arguments, and that would cause the work to stop. The exiles uh, would lose their vision, their idea of mission, and their purpose. And they would forget what they were doing. They'd, God had been faithful to them. He had brought them back to the land. They had started the work, but because of infighting and arguments, they lose their way. They forget the vision. They forget about God's faithfulness. They forget about why they have been called back to Jerusalem to rebuild this temple. And they forgot what their purpose was. And they start to focus on their own comforts, their own homes. And they begin to neglect the word that God has for them. It would be 17 years later that Zechariah and Haggai would begin to speak to God's people and bring them back on tasks. Zechariah would call the people to repentance, to repent, and he would restore them, and he would give them a message of hope. And then Haggai, when he speaks, will, will call the people to get their priorities right and to actually rebuild God's temple. And so Zechariah and Haggai both have words for God's people to get them back on task. And that's what this New Beginning series is all about. It's about restoration and rebuilding. It's about reminding us that God has something more for us that moves beyond our building and reminds us of who he's called to be in reaching our community for Christ and building passionate followers. God is in the business of new beginnings. And so if you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, God wants to turn your life around and give it meaning and purpose and repurpose it and restore it and rebuild it back to his original design. I am so excited about our being able to come back together. I am so looking forward to being back together and worshiping you. And I am looking forward to seeing everyone. But you know what? Our being together, that is not the end game. Our mission is not to build buildings. Our mission is not to build buildings and get people to come into church. And so when people look on the outside, and they wonder what's going on in the building. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Apart from who we are in Christ, our worship does not make sense. Because of who we are in Christ, we are called to be one, united together in accomplishing what God has for us. And even while we have not been meeting, God has been at work. You see, our mission is to go our mission is to be exactly where you are right now. And my fears is that when we come back together and start meeting in our building, that we're going to forget that our mission is out in our communities. Wherever you are right now, that is your missions field. If you are a Christ follower, God has called you for such a time as this to share what you're learning about him with your friends, with your neighbors, your family. Every one of us has a story about what God is doing through this time. Our mission is to go make disciples. 
Go where you are now. Our mission is to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We want to welcome people into the family of God. You know, when we baptize people, that's an opportunity for them to publicly confess their faith in Christ. That's an opportunity for us to celebrate the new life that is theirs in Christ. And they are welcomed into the family of God. God loves everybody. That is a true statement. And that's one of the things that I love to talk to people about. God loves you, but only those that have called upon the name of his son, Jesus Christ, does he give the right to become children of God. And so we are called to go into our community, to share the good news about Christ, and to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as we welcome them into being a part of the family of God. And then we're to teach them all that the Bible commands for us to do. And then Jesus says, lo, I'll be with you until the very end of the age, until that day that I return. Our mission is to reach our community for Christ and to build passionate followers. I love who we are when we come together and worship God, but it is important that we don't forget our vision, our mission, and our values, and our purpose. And so that's the reminder that that Zechariah would give to these Israelites that have been drawn back together that had forgot that. We don't want to be like these Israelites. We want to make sure that we keep our eye on what God has for us together. Beginning in Zechariah chapter 1, it says this in verse 1. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of uh, Berechah, the son of Edu, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus declares the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, who the former people cried out, thus says the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds, but they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And where are the prophets? Do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded to my servants through the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and they said, as the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. And so Zechariah would hear a word from the Lord. And that's what we would refer to commonly sometimes as an oracle. And so an oracle is when God speaks directly to a prophet so that they can in turn speak to their people. And so we have an opportunity to hear the words that God has spoken to his prophets as we read scripture. And so God doesn't speak to us directly like he did in the prophets, time of the prophets, or the time of the apostles. He speaks to us through them. And so when we're reading through Zechariah, we know that those words God gave him to give to his people. And the words that he gave the Israelites then are just as relevant for us today. The historical dating of of Darius being in the second year uh, puts this in the context of 520 B.C. And so we know that Darius in 520 B.C. um, was um, uh, in place there in the second year. So we know 520 B.C. is, and so, but the people, they came back to the land in 537 B.C. So I want you to get this picture because the people came back because of God's faithfulness and they have been sitting idle for 17 years. For 17 years, they have forgotten everything that God has for them to do. 17 years, God was faithful to them. He kept his promise. He brought them home. And as he looks around, the place is still in ruins. Nothing's happening. 
People are not working on rebuilding the temple, and they have, and they have forgotten what they're supposed to do. And so when God says to Zechariah in verse 2, the Lord was angry with your fathers, therefore say to them, declares the Lord, return to me, and I'll return to you. In verse 2, the Lord's anger about what he sees in the indifference of his people is, is what Zechariah is experiencing. And I am so grateful that, uh, that we don't have to bear the burden and the brunt of God's anger and his judgment. We have Jesus Christ that bore that on the cross for our sins. And so we don't experience God's wrath in a way that God's people didn't experience. But Zechariah experienced that wrath. The Lord was angry, very angry. And so Zechariah got to hear that. And as a result, God says, I want you to go talk to my people. And I am so grateful uh, that, that Zachariah was able to absorb that. Because, you know, sometimes in my life when something happens, um, I get, sometimes I get angry. Sometimes it's a righteous anger. Sometimes it's anger that's misplaced. I have uh, so enjoyed our Peacemaker series uh, this past several weeks. And so if you missed that, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. But sometimes we get angry. And in our anger, we, we attack and we can push people away. Sometimes it's important for us to step back and, and, to, and to think about what it is that we're angry about. Sometimes when I get angry, I get frustrated and I'll say something and my wife will look at me and she goes, you didn't say it that way, did you? It's like, well, well, no, but that's how I felt. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get angry and God is angry about what he sees. And he says to Zechariah, go tell the people to return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to them. You see, God in his faithfulness is called people to himself, and he wants to get them back on task. And so Zechariah would call them to return to the Lord. And I am so grateful that God's anger, that God is a forgiving God, that God, even when we mess up, when we're not doing what we're supposed to do, and when we fall down, God wants us to return to him. And so I don't know where you are this morning in your faith walk. Maybe God's feeling distant from you. Maybe you're feeling like you're not supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. People have all different types of thoughts when it comes to their relationship with God. You need to know this morning that God is faithful. And he says that if you return to him, he will return to you. Isn't that a great promise? That is a promise that we can return to God and that he will be faithful and he will meet us right where we're at. You see, you don't need to clean yourself up before you come to church. God will meet you right where you're at. And when you turn to him, he will return to you. That is a promise. And that's what Zechariah wants to encourage the Israelites with. It's like, look, you guys have been sloughing off for 17 years. Nothing's happened. God's angry about it. But he says, if you will return to him, he will return to you. And then in verse 2, he says, do not be like your fathers. You know, thus says the Lord, return to me and uh, I will return to you. And then in verse 4, he says, don't be like your fathers. You know, listen and do it. You know, Romans uh, 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died, died for us. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. God wants us to return to him. God wants us to be with him. Don't be like our forefathers that turned their back on him, that did their own thing, that went their own way, and as a result, uh, were punished. And so Zechariah in verse 2 and 3 is reminding us about the, God's faithfulness. He's reminding us the importance of turning to him and to not be like those that went before us. 
He says in verse 4, Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets cried out. Thus says the Lord, Return from your evil ways and your evil did in your evil deeds. But they did not hear, they did not listen, they did not pay attention to me. Don't be like the people that hear but don't respond. Don't be like the people that know what you're supposed to be doing but are choosing not to. You know, if you were not sure about your relationship with Christ when we went into quarantine, when you come back, I want you to rest assured that that's where we're going to pick up. We want to reach people for Christ. And so we are on a, we're on kind of a quarantine right now, and I am so grateful for our online ministry, but we are still in the business of reaching our community for Christ. And if you did not have a relationship with Christ before we stopped meeting, when you get back, we're going to pick right up there. And we want to help you to understand the importance of what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Our goal is not to get people back into our building. Our goal is to get people back into worshiping God and helping them to understand the fullness of who they are in Christ. Our ministry is about going and reaching people for Christ. And that hasn't gone away. And so if you, if you were not involved in a small group when we, before we stopped meeting and we went into quarantine, when you come back, we want to encourage you to get connected to a small group. In fact, you don't even have to wait until we come back. Our small groups right now are meeting. Almost all of our small groups are finishing up for the spring. I looked at our online website, uh, springbrook.org slash small groups. We have many small groups that are going to continue to meet through the summer. You know, we have our small groups in some cases, they're meeting more frequently now than they were before the break, before our quarantine. And so if you were not involved in a small group before quarantine, it's important. We want to talk to you about getting involved in a small group. And you don't have to wait to have a relationship with Christ before we come back together. You don't have to wait to get baptized before we get back together. You don't have to wait to get involved in a small group before we get back together. You don't have to wait to fulfill all the purposes that God has for you before we come back together. We're going to come back together and we're going to worship God, but our mission is out there right now. Church never stopped. God has called us to to be a part of his plan and his purpose today. God's not sitting up there waiting for us to come back from quarantine so he can continue doing the work that he would have for us. God has called us to do what he's called us to do today, and we can begin doing that. Don't wait for a return. Be obedient to what God has called you today. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ, the Spirit of God is drawing you into that. Make a decision today to trust Christ. Don't wait till we come back together. And don't take the 17 years like the Israelites did to be, to be obedient to what God's calling us to do. You know, maybe you feel like you've drifted the last three months. You know, it is so important that we come together. When we come together, we encourage one another. And so maybe you're feeling discouraged right now, or maybe you're feeling like you've drifted the past several months. You know, if you have, been, uh, if you have not been involved in part of our online services, this is, this is why this is so important, because it gives us an opportunity to connect with and, and encourage one another. But if you feel like you've drifted, God is faithful. He says, return to him, and he will return to you. We can encourage each other in our faith walk right now. Do not be like your forefathers, who the former prophet said to them, return from your evil ways and your evil deeds, but the Lord did not Pay atten- they did not pay attention to the Lord. They did not hear him. We can be obedient right now to all that God has, that has for us. And if you're new to Springbrook, we're going to invite you to get connected. When we come back uh, together, we're going to invite you uh, to get connected to a small group. We want to get to know you, but you don't have to wait. 
Uh, Laura, right now, our Connections Director and I are working on uh, putting together our next Starting Point workshop. And so if you want to know more about Springbrook, our vision, mission, and values, um, you can watch for some information on that online. We're going we're gonna to continue to help people get connected to this local body of Christ, even though we're not meeting. And so we're looking at doing our spiritual gifts class, even though we're not meeting. We're looking at doing baptisms, even though we're not meeting. Don't wait for what God would have for you. Return to him right now, and he promises that he will return to you. Zechariah would continue in verse 5. He says, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I command, my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? Did they not last longer than anybody that you know? Our lives are temporary. They're fleeting. I'm counting my days. I've got 25% of my life, Lord willing, if I live to be 80, maybe, maybe more. This life is temporary. I'm going to go. My mom has gone to be with the Lord. My, my wife, Carolyn, her parents have gone to be with the Lord. Our grandparents have all gone to be with the Lord. This life is temporary, but God's word is unchanging. It's going to withstand the test of time. It's going to be here. It's important to us. It was important to my parents and to my grandparents. And I'm telling you, in 50 years, in 100 years, when you think about your descendants and you've gone to be with the Lord, this Bible is still going to be there. It's important to them. And so we need to encourage one another. We need to encourage our kids to study it and to learn it and to live it out and to not be like those that have gone before us and to not pay attention to it and to not listen to the Lord. God says that the prophets have gone, everybody's gone, but my word is still here. And when the people heard that, they repented. And they said, as the Lord of hosts proposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. And they returned to the work that God has for them. They repented and they were restored. You see, restoration begins when we return to a previous state. And so we had a relationship with God beginning in the Adam and Eve. Sin entered into the world and our relationship was broken, but it's been restored because of who we are in Christ. Our relationship with Christ restores our original design and purpose. And so we have been restored because of who we are in Christ. And sometimes along the way, we slip and we stumble and we fall and we need to be constantly restored. We're constantly in a state of growing in our faith. Sometimes we slip, sometimes we need to come back. God says, don't get discouraged. If you return to me, I'm going to return to you. God is in the process of restoring lives to himself. Maybe for the first time as a person makes a faith commitment to Christ, they're restored in their relationship with Christ. And as we depend on his Holy Spirit working in us and we return to being obedient to his word, God's spirit energizes us and fills us and restores us to our original purpose. And so this series, New Beginnings, is about being restored and rebuilt which means that we need to be torn down. We need to confess. We need to repent. And we need to understand that we need to turn towards him. And that's what God's people did in Zechariah. And so he's, he's called through this oracle. He's been, he's been told by God to give them this message. They listened. They repented. And then as we go through Zechariah, there's going to be a series of visions uh, that God gives Zechariah that he's got for the people as they continue to work on the work. And God continues to restore his people. Ultimately, to that day, that the Messiah that they're waiting for would come. And we know that Messiah today to be Jesus. And so as we get through Zechariah and Haggai, we get to the very end of the Old Testament. God would be silent for 400 years until that time that the Messiah would be born. And then we'll see the uh, new temple is going to be constructed. You know, it's interesting, this temple that they're constructing and working on, they finished the work. 
And they, and they begin meeting again. They begin doing their sacrifices. And so the temple is there uh, for the next 400 years. In fact, in Matthew, in chapter uh, 24, uh, Jesus is walking around with the disciples. And, uh, and in verse 24, beginning verse 1, it says, Jesus says he, he left the temple and he was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. And he says to them, you see all these things? Do you not? Truly I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that will not be thrown down. And so when Jesus comes as fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy as the Messiah, he's actually standing in that temple with the disciples. And the disciples are trying to figure out, okay, well, if you're the Messiah now, what, what about this temple that's sitting here? And Jesus says, he's looking at that temple. And he says, that temple is going to be destroyed. It's going to be torn down. And it's going to be rebuilt in three days. And so the disciples hearing upon this are still pondering these things up, trying to make sense of it. What Jesus is talking about is God's presence is going to move from that temple and it's going to move someplace else. Jesus claims to be now the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is somebody that has supremacy in all things. And so when God is talking to Zechariah in Zechariah 1, he's the Lord of hosts. He has supremacy. He's supreme over all things. That same supremacy is what we find in Christ when we're looking at Colossians. All things were created by him, for him, and through him. He is the Lord of hosts. He is supreme. And that temple is going to be destroyed. And God's going to have a new plan that's going to be reflected in a new covenant. And so we see the New Testament today, not as a replacement for the Old Testament, but as a fulfillment of everything that God promises. And God is no longer going to dwell in the temple. As you move on to Matthew um, chapter 27, we see that God is no longer going to be in this temple. Matthew 27, beginning in verse 50, um, Jesus is um, uh, on the cross and he's hanging there and his voice cries out with a loud voice and he yields up his spirit. And when he dies, it says in verse 51, behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. God's presence was no longer going to reside in that temple. God is doing a new work. There is a new covenant. And you know where God's spirit resides today? God's spirit resides in each of us because of who we are in Christ. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to offer sacrifices up to the temple. God's presence is no longer only available to a few priests that get to go into the inner sanctuary. God's presence is available to every single one of us. In fact, John 6, says that the spirit of God is drawing people to a relationship with his son. So the spirit of God is external now, drawing people into a relationship with himself so that he can take up residence in our lives. The spirit of God is now in us. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, Verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit now dwells in you? Because of who we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians, there's division in the church. There's arguing and there's backbiting. And Paul, just like Zechariah, has to call the people's attention to the fact that the spirit of God lives in you. Do not live this way. Church, we are the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you. He's in you. And that's what binds us together. And when we worship God together, when we come together on Sunday morning, it is people that have been drawn together to worship because the Holy Spirit is in them. And because of that sense of awe, 
because of those stories, that amazing work, because of what God is doing in our lives, other people see it, they're attracted to it, and they want to be a part of it. And so on any given Sunday at Springbrook, there are people that are here because they have a relationship with Christ. The Holy Spirit indwells in them. They've been obedient. They came to God and God met them there and they're excited about worshiping and coming together as the body of Christ. And then sometimes people come to Springbrook and they're just checking it out. And we are so glad that if you are just checking out Springbrook, that you are checking us out because it's important for us that we help people to understand that God loves them, that God has a plan for them, and he wants a relationship with them through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you to ask Christ to come into your life. We finished our Peacemaker series looking at peacemaking is a result of who we are in Christ. Finding our purpose in life is only a result of who we are in Christ. Being able to be obedient and fulfill God's purpose for us can only be found in who we are in Christ. And so if you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, then you're doing things on your own. You're, you're living the life your way. You're fulfilling your purposes and you're living life for yourself. When you ask Christ to come into your life, you begin to live for his purposes and you make him the Lord and you begin to be obedient to his teaching. And that's what we're called to do. Zacharias says, don't be like your forefathers that were disobedient and in sin and felt the wrath of that punishment. Return to me and I will return to you. God is faithful. And if you've drifted, he'll receive you back. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, ask him to come into your life and he will meet you there. This morning, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you just to, just to pray with me this morning to, to, to say, Father, I know that, that, that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for my sins. And as best as I know how, I want him to not be external into my life, but to come in and take control of my life. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. And you can make that your prayer this morning. You know what's interesting? It's not the prayer that, that, that is important. And so you don't have to worry about getting the words right. Did I say it right? No, you just have to, with a, with, a, with a clear and open and honest heart, recognize your need. Recognize that you are fallen, that you are broken. Believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for, the, for, your, for your sins and ask him to come into your life. That's where relationship with Christ begins. And unlike Zacharias, people at the time who were, were waiting for a Messiah, we know today that Jesus was that Messiah. And we can have that assurance. God was faithful then, and he'll be faithful to us now. And so you can ask Christ to come into your life. And I'd love the opportunity to be able to celebrate that with you. If you're watching on springbrook.live, there's a place over on the right in that chat section for you to click, today I want to commit my life to Christ. And I want to encourage you, if that's a decision that you want to make today, click that button. And after you click it, it's going to ask you to share your name and some contact information. I might encourage you to pray that, click that button, and let us follow up with you so we can help you to begin to discover God's purposes for you. God is in the business of new beginnings, of making all things new, and we want to celebrate that. And that's what this series is about. As we move through the summer, we're going to be celebrating our newness of who we are in Christ and who we are together as we prepare for returning. I'm excited about returning. I'm excited about seeing people, but I'm more excited about people making decisions for Christ because that's why this ministry exists. And if you have a relationship with Christ and you don't feel like you're growing, today's the day that you can say, Father, I feel like I've drifted. Maybe I've been like the Israelites. I've been in exile for 17 years. I've been sitting around. For 10 years, I've been in a small group. Or for 10 years, I've been in this church. And I don't feel like I'm growing. And today's the day that I want to return to you. Father, meet me there. 
There are people that walk in and out of this church that I see. There's people that I know that, that come to church, but they're just, they're not connected. They're not growing. And that is not God's best for you. And so if you're in a small group or you're connected to this ministry, we want you to experience the passion of knowing Jesus Christ. And it begins by your stepping in and asking God to meet you there. We want to celebrate that with you. And so if you have a relationship with Christ and you just want a renewed sense of God's spirit in your life, you can commit your life to Christ today as well. Just click that button and then uh, fill that format and let us know that you're rededicating your life to following Christ. When we come back together in July and August, in January of 2021, <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord forbid there's a second wave. Whenever we come back together, We want you coming back excited about who you are in Christ. We want you coming back excited about the spiritual growth that you've been experiencing, even while we're in quarantine. And if you're looking for a small group, if you want to know your spiritual gifts, if you want to find a place to get connected and serve here at Springbrook when we come back together, we would love the opportunity um, to talk with you. But I want to encourage you this morning to be thinking about what your next steps are. Up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link to click the connection card. If you're watching on Facebook Live, the link is there as well. Click that online connection card. Let us know that you were here. You know, just let us know that you were here. You can give us your name, your contact information, and then down at the bottom of that connection card, there's a place to indicate um, your next steps. And so you can let us know either by making a commitment or by filling out that online connection card how we can help you to begin to experience more of what God has for you. This series on new beginnings I'm excited about because I know God is faithful. He has been faithful. He's been faithful in my own life. He's been faithful in this ministry. He's been faithful today. And I know he's going to be faithful as we step out together in all that he has for us. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for this day you've given us today. And I want to thank you um, just for the hope that we have in Christ. God, every breath that we draw today comes from your hand. Uh, God, I am just so grateful uh, for the opportunity that we have to encourage one another. I thank you for this body of Christ that even though we are not meeting physically uh, present together in person, God, that you are alive and you are at work and you are changing and transforming lives. Uh, God, thank you that we're not dependent on this building. I'm so grateful we're not dependent on this building because it's, it's breaking down. It's, the doors are falling off and we're trying to fix it. And, and, uh, but God, this building is temporary, but your word is going to stand forever. And so God, that's where we place our faith and our hope. I thank you for the message that Zechariah had for uh, the Israelites that are coming back from the exile then. I thank you for the message that you have for us as we prepare to come back from our quarantine together. And uh, God, I look forward to the new beginnings. Uh, that you're going to do in this ministry, individually in our lives, uh, and together as this body of Christ. We just commit our lives to you. We commit this ministry to you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for being with us this morning. I hope you'll continue with us next week. Um, If you've got friends, be sure to invite them. We've got our 11 o'clock service. will be starting soon. Um, I want to thank you for being with us this morning. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ rest on you today as you seek to fulfill his purposes for you. Have a great day, and God bless.